Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the week 18 edition of the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow my man Pierre at Peewee31 on Twitter as well. Welcome, Pierre. We're talk- you-, you talked me into doing a week 18 slate, and I'm like, Pierre, we don't know who's playing. We don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know anything in the NFL anymore. Uh, it's just a weird, wacky week to be playing DFS, and I always feel like I'm just I'm really shooting for the stars whenever I play a uh, week 18 slate. Well, I mean, it's the last week. Why would you not want to do the, it's the not. final week? You know, and now the end is near. It's like they, the final curtain. But it is. This is it before the playoffs. And well, there's still teams playing for something. So we, we got to do it for the people. I, I would rather just play playoffs. You know, I, I'd rather playoff slate and, and just forget about week 18. Because next thing you know, Rex Burkhead's going to come out of the work, red, you know, the works and do, do, uh, be a star again this week. That's your favorite some- anyway. So you oh, should no. be, you know, looking forward to Rex Burkhead week before we get into, you know, the playoffs. Because that's then, you know, baby bowl playoff season. And we then can transfer to the baby bowl when the playoffs get here. So let's finish the dreamer strong here. Okay. Okay, all right, all right. You talked me into it. And yes, I'm glad you did mention the Baby Bowl playoffs. Uh, speaking of Baby Bowl playoffs, uh, Rob Norton. Congratulations, Mr. Norton, or at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. Congratulations on the new little baby boy. Yeah, little Norton has, has entered in. I think it's number two for him, but mm-hmm. really cute photos. Congrats to him and his wife. What do you put? I, I set the over under at two and a half kids. So I, <laughs> what are, you, are you taking the over? Are you taking the under? You? Uh, he's still pretty young. I'll take the over. You're taking over. All right. Yeah, you're probably right. And uh, there'll probably be some celebrating going on there as his wife wins the Baby Bowl championship this year. But I'm glad you mentioned the Baby Bowl playoffs because we do have it over there on the pin tweet at the FIT, uh, FI Today with a little underscore account over there. And at at Norton0723 also has it on his pin tweet of how to enter into those Baby Bowl playoffs, which I'm sure everybody would be excited to do, especially – because $10 of the donation goes to charity, right? $10 goes into the pl- prize pool. So you're doing something good for other people at the beginning of the year. Then hopefully, by listening to my advice, you'll be able to do something good for yourself as well, Pierre. Baseball playoffs, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse, pal. I, that's my there wheelhouse because the selections get get condensed a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I can choose anybody in the baseball regular season. But in the baseball playoffs, where you have to pick losers is what you want to do to start with. Because you have the two sides, as far as I'm concerned, the AFC and the NFC. And what you want to do is you want to save the winner of the Super Bowl, the team you think is going to go play in the Super Bowl. You got two teams, one one from each side, but the winner is who I like to pick on. And, And you pick, let's say, the Buffalo Bills. So I don't play any Buffalo Bills throughout the playoffs. That's what I do. And I kind of I try to save those couple of teams all throughout it, the NFC champion, the AFC champion, who I think is going to do well. And I want to play losers in that first round so then I have a bigger player pool to select from in the second round. And then, again, I want to pick good players, but I want to concentrate on those teams that I think are going to lose that that second round game in order to have a bigger player pool for the third round. So that's I, I've got this down to a science. You, hear, you, you, you know I would get tongue twisted if I tried to explain that without having it down to a science, Pierre. Uh, you would, that's for sure. You would definitely get tongue twisted. And it does take, you know, strategy. Like I try to go by conferences and just stick to, to one conference. Uh, get a little more confident. Like I'm just outside the, the top 10 overall uh, the season long as well, so kind of new to the the baby bow myself. But as you as you get accustomed to it, you start to pick up on some strategies, which clearly you have one come playoff time. 
Yeah, I, well, I think so. I think I finished. I don't know if I've won the entire playoffs, but I know I've done well, except for my Randall Cobb pick last last year in that cold weather in Green Bay. That was terrible. That, I just ruined my whole baseball playoffs. All those Bears flashbacks is why you went with I did. No, you're absolutely right. It was. I picked on it. It's a negative like 17, 20 degrees. I picked on Green Bay Packers. What a goob I am sometimes. But, hey, uh, dude, seriously, go over there and and add to your list of things to do this year. Your resolution is to join the baseball playoffs. You, I, I promise you you'll have a good time doing it. Get a little extra juice going into the playoffs this year in the NFL. And also just, you know, have some fantasy expertise coming your way as well as you tune into the Baseball Playoffs here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. All right, Pierre, you said we had a big slate to go over. But before we do that, what about our last week's winner? It looked like another familiar face. Yeah, going into last week, we had uh, our Burba times two. So it's second time at the top. 129.60 took down first place. So lower scoring week. Uh, but high enough scoring for for him to take down first. And that's uh, the just, Dreamer. That's the DFS Dreamer podcast uh, a league over there on DraftKings uh, for that afternoon slate on Sunday afternoon. It's not, but it's to- totally separate from the Big Bowl. Correct, correct. And he uh, had Justin Fields at quarterback, Tyler Algier running back, Brian Robinson Jr., Alan Lazard, Amara St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk uh, was a nice sleeper there, Cole Komet to pair with Fields. Drake London and the Patriots defense for his first place takedown at a 129.60. Okay. Well, I like it. I, you know, I like a Justin Fields all the time. I didn't know what to expect out of Justin Fields last mm-hmm. week, and he still ran a lot, especially in the first half. I think he's going to be seated on the sideline this time because the Bears have a chance to get their number one pick this year. I have thought of something genius, by the way. Uh, Pierre, okay. I, seriously. No. I. Okay, fine. We got the NFL playoffs where we have the winners of the divisions and the wild cards and, you know, those kind of people playing. The good teams. Uh-huh. We need to have a, a, a – on Thursday night, because I'm going to have withdrawals on Thursday night. No more Thursday night football. How about this? How about we have a four-team playoff uh, – maybe a play uh, – I had a, I had a play loss. A four-team play loss competition for the number one – for the draft order in the, in the upcoming draft. Where, you know, it's like the Bears there, Houston Texans there, and whoever else the bottom other two bottom two teams are. Uh, Had those guys all play off who the winner advances to the next round, and then that winner gets the number one pick. Huh? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't I don't mind that, especially if there's like tanking involved. The the one issue is like, what if you just really stink and you, you go from having the first pick to the fourth pick? When you need that pick the most because your franchise is awful. So that'd be the only hiccup. But I do like the the idea to, to kind of keep things interesting, keep football going a bit more. That's that's definitely something that's intriguing. Uh, my only hiccup, again, would be if you truly were the worst team and you could not win games, you would never get the first pick uh, that you probably deserve. Well, no, and then I was thinking about what what would Davis Mills do in that tournament oh, right geez. now? <laughs> he wouldn't play to, to win, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, Davis Mills was a, a darling to start the season, so yeah, it's a, a tough turnaround there. Yeah, and you know, they're, they're like somebody like Davis Mills, who who knows he's going to be replaced at some point, probably. You know, especially if they draft mm-hmm. high in the draft, regardless of it, they're they're probably looking for a quarterback. He's playing in that tournament for maybe a team next year, you know, and, and trying to secure some. I don't know. There, there's there's in my genius, there's always a little bit of madness as well. So this is <laughs> hey, Pierre over under total. Yes. You got me talking a week eighteen and over under total. The highest one on the board is forty three and a half points. Come on, Pierre. <laughs> 
It is because the the, the Chiefs and Raiders uh, they're on the Saturday. They got bumped to Saturday. There's a short Saturday Saturday slate with Chiefs Raiders uh, and the Titans Jaguars for the AFC South. Uh, so if you had the Chiefs game, that was at 52 and a half. But on the main Sunday slate, yes, 43 and a half is the highest total, and it includes your team and Nathan Peterman started quarterback. So that just sounds fishy to begin with. It does. It does. And we will get into the fishiness of all that. And I'm going to count on you to walk me through this. In the first game, though, on our board, I don't know if I'm going to have to search for this over-under because nobody, Vegas knows where to put this thing. It is Tampa Bay and Atlanta, right? Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Right. And really, Tampa Bay doesn't have anything to play for, I don't think. Their seed is locked in and secured there for the playoffs. And Atlanta is playing for pride at this point. How long do you anticipate these Tampa Bay starters playing? You never know what Tom Brady is the, the thing. I, if they're smart, they wouldn't play at all. I, I think they'll play a little bit. I don't know if that's to keep some type of starting streak or just to kind of maybe keep some rhythm and momentum, which they haven't had most of the season. Uh, but you would think since they're they're kind of locked into their playoff spot, they wouldn't see the field too much. Um, but I don't mind the Falcons on the other end if that's the case. If the, the Bucks are going to rest some, some players, some starters, especially on the defense, you have some young talent um, on the Falcons that are going to be trying to, you know, build chemistry for next year with Ritter at 4,900, Tyler Algier, uh, mm -hmm. 5,600. It's kind of taken over that backfield the last couple weeks, uh, not splitting as much with Cordero Patterson and then Drake London, uh, obviously a wide receiver. So really three young rookie, you know, type picks there for the, the Falcons that have something to play for, I feel, uh, in building chemistry that you can play this week for the Falcons. Okay, I, and I'll have to throw out Keyshawn Vaughn, too. I, I can anticipate him being mm -hmm. more of a starter than even Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard doesn't need the reps at this point in his career. And so uh, Vaughn has always been an explosive player. I wish he wasn't as high as 4,700. That looks a little steep to me, though. I, I bet we could find some cheaper options. Uh, potentially. Like, there's going to be uh, – guys are going to be playing this week is the thing. I know you say it's week 18, but, I mean, they're still playing for contract incentives. They're playing for – you know, the next year's deals, kind of like you mentioned with Davis Mills, they're they're playing to, to kind of put some tape on for these other teams that might be interested in them. OK. All right. Uh, is that all we need to talk about in this game? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't I don't <laughs> like too much other than the Falcons offense a bit. I don't either. That's 40 and a half point total, by the way. And then we have New England and Buffalo, which has been moved, I think, to that 12 o'clock spot. I don't I don't know if it was moved or not, but it's 42 and a half point total, Pierre. I don't know what to do with this game. You know, we're doing this podcast, and yes, we, we're thinking about the young man there in Buffalo right now at this point. We're praying for that young man in Buffalo. I don't know how Buff the Buffalo Bills react to this. I don't know how the entire NFL reacts to this, but especially the team being that close, you yeah. would think they would rally around this a little bit, you know, and, and be extra motivated to get a win for that young man. But there's still a lot of news that I think can break between now and the kickoff possibly concerning that young man's health, whether he takes a turn for the worse. Right now, it's it, all the news is going positive, which is really a good sign. But I, it, you could also be scared if you're the Buffalo Bills players as well on how to handle this. I, I don't know what to do. I don't want to pick on the Buffalo Bills from a DFS standpoint this week. Yeah, it's a unique situation. And as you mentioned, uh, prayers are out with DeMar Hamlin and his family right now. Positive news so far from from what we've gathered from, you know, the media outlets and we're going to think positive and, you know, yeah. that he's going to pull through and, and see all the 
the great things that, you know, has happened in his tragedy. Uh, but if they do decide to play, you know, this, this does have some playoff implications with this game. Patriots still trying to get into the wild card themselves. Uh, so they'll be playing for something. Bills are trying to lock up that number one overall seed. Uh, so they have something to play for in addition to playing for their teammates. So if this game does go, uh, I think it could be a, a total that rises. Um, and I could see the, the Bills definitely motivated to win one for, for DeMar here. I really like them, even though it's a tough matchup with the Patriots. You got to expect they're going to be, you know, really rallying around, you know, their teammate, as I stated there. So Josh Allen, you know, 8,400. Still, I mean, he's Josh Allen. If they're going to play, he's yeah. going to do Josh Allen things. Compare him up with usually a Stephon Diggs at 7,900. Really showed he's been a great teammate at the hospital, you know, by the side of the family of DeMar Hamlin. Running back situation is tough. Uh, that's one to still kind of figure out with Singletary or James Cook. Uh, they're both kind of splitting uh, a little bit closer now. Um, I think I lean Singletary still, but I feel like Cook's like – almost get ready to take over uh, that position there. And then on the, the Patriots side of the ball, you know, it's going to be Ramondre and, and Damian Harris in the backfield. Harris found a little bit of burst, didn't get many carries, but you saw a player too uh, that he's starting to get back in the form. Uh, mm -hmm. Mac Jones is going to want to throw the ball. Uh, Jacoby Myers is clearly the top target there from a, a passing game standpoint. Uh, so there are plays uh, involved that they do decide to play this game on both sides, I feel, and what's going to be a, a pretty good divisional matchup. I would want to take out of this more than anything else besides Josh Allen would, would be my favorite pick there uh, would be a Buffalo Bills defense over the Patriots uh, just because of the extra motivation that could be there for the Bills and the Patriots defense just our offense just is not that good. You know, it's just it's just not that good. True. Matt Patricia is still the offense coordinator. So. Uh, well, it may not be. They may get the Alabama guy who's going to be yeah. fired here. So oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, all right. Uh, next game, Minnesota at Chicago. A great rebound spot for Minnesota. I don't know how many starters are going to play. Justin Fields is already sitting out in this one. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I think Minnesota should, Minnesota should just take a break. I, I, do they have playoff implications on the line, or is the seed already locked up for them? No, they still have seeding as well because the the Eagles lost last week. Okay. Um, so they still have an outside chance at the number one seed. In addition, uh, since the Vikings lost, uh, the 49ers. And the Cowboys can now both jump the Vikings. So, yeah, they, they have something to play for. So I'd say all systems go uh, right now when it comes to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Cook, uh, Hawkinson, all, all will be in play. They have a 28.5, uh, 28, 25.8 total. So most of that 43 is on the side of the Vikings. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely playable. I would say their defense – because Nathan Peterman's on the other side, but their defense has been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so maybe not their, their defense. Even the Colts, like, put 30 points up against them, uh, even though that was more of a defense and special teams. But that's still a, a possibility. So probably stick away from the, the Vikings defense, but I would go with their skilled players on the offensive side. I'll tell you what, I, I like K.J. Osborne in this game. Not only does he run with the ones, mm -hmm. but he also runs with the twos. And when he runs with the twos, he's the number one of the twos. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Yeah. I did. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind putting an Alexander Madison in there either, especially if I'm doing a, a showdown slate. I'm going to slap him into my captain spot easily, easily, because I could see Dalvin Cook, you know, being able to stop this uh, around the quarter number two, <laughs> maybe quarter number three, <laughs> and then it's just all Madison's work after that. And uh, that that's just something I, I really look at, look at, and I like both of those players in this in this uh, Sunday slate. 
Yeah, potentially. I, I just personally stick with the starters. Uh, if they're going to be playing the win, they're going to have those guys in there. Uh, if they're going to stay in and they're going to have the outcomes that you want them to have, then you you want the Bears to obviously keep it close. Uh, if they don't keep it close, I think it'll still be because of the starters as well. So, but just be careful. I don't I don't mind the thought of Madison. Uh, Dalvin Cook could be a, a free agent last year, so they they could even take it easy on him. Or mm-hmm. he's had the shoulder issues, and he could get banged up. You don't hope for that, but the Bears do give up a ton on the ground, so I, I don't mind the the Madison play. Osborne's a little more of a coin toss, but he's mm-hmm. on the field, so I can I can see what you're what you're going at there. You've told me that about Osborne before, and I didn't play him, and I got mad at you. So I'm playing Osborne this week. I had him against the Coats when he put up almost 35. So. Yeah. Baltimore at Cincinnati, 42-point uh, total for this one. Mm-hmm. And, Pierre, let's revisit this a little bit from what happened Monday night because there were fantasy playoff implications for a lot of people. Championship game was this past mm-hmm. week, and you know the game got canceled just after a little bit into the first quarter. Uh, what happened in your leagues? I don't think you commissioned any leagues, but uh, what 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 happened in your leagues? And do you have any advice for maybe commissioners that are running leagues right now just to keep everything together? And I think that that's my biggest word of advice is, hey, everybody, take a step back. Realize this is fantasy football. Let's keep our leagues together and not allow a situation that is very unique in nature to decide for us our fantasy you know, leagues going forward. Uh, let's all be kind of amicable about not being able to win this year a championship by ourselves. That's that's my advice. I, I don't know what yours is, Pierre. Yeah, it's it's a unique situation. And I, I do commission one, and I'm a little unique. So I do uh, two weeks for the the, the playoff final. Okay. So there, there's actually still going this week um, in the final there. And I took a look at what the score was basically going into it in the – it's, it's going to be interesting because one of the the guys that's in the final does have Josh Allen. Um, so I'm just kind of monitoring that situation, see how it plays out, you know, the, to end this week. Um, but if it did end, uh, I've seen a, a couple different things where some, you know, try to get an agreement to maybe split the pot, uh, to maybe donate, you know, the, the earnings or, or something along those lines. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to make a decision. Uh, maybe even a league vote um, if necessary for those that, you know, weren't in the championships to, to kind of make it fair across the board. Uh, I would recommend a split, um, especially if it's been an ongoing, you know, type league. You should be able to come to an agreement with that unique situation. Um, if not, maybe there's a, a tiebreaker or something you can look at to put into place uh, when it comes to that as well. Perhaps, you know, total points in the playoffs so far uh, for each individual or something along those lines. Uh, but it's just tough because, you know, two teams were involved. Odds are both teams might have someone from, from each side. But if right. not, you know, you, you still got to do your best uh, to come up with what's fair uh, moving forward. And it's going to be a tough situation for some. But don't don't lose friendships and, no, and no. families over, over a fantasy game. Uh, it's not that important, uh, which we obviously saw with the real-life football situation that took place. Yeah, save save losing friends and family and fantasy for trades that you don't like. You know what I mean? Save it for situations like that. Whenever there's collusion going on, not in a situation like this. I mean, it's just fantasy football, and we yeah. did see what the importance of uh, of life is like here because of that event that happened on Monday night. Uh, Baltimore-Cincinnati, though, this point total is at 42. Pierre, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to think about this game because, once again, a, another factor. Cincinnati was playing in that game, and so I'm not sure all they have to play for, and I'm not sure what Baltimore has to play for. Please give me some wisdom. So this 
Potentially. So if the Bengals would have lost, which I know that game didn't 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 happen, uh, but this game would have been for the AFC North. Oh boy. And so we don't know what's going to happen. Like the the game was postponed between the the Bengals and Bills, but if there are implications where you know things are still to be decided, you have to imagine they'll have to figure out something with that game, whether it be a tie or you know restarting it you know, before the playoffs start, something's going to have to happen. But yeah, that's what was on the line potentially for this game after the, the Ravens loss, obviously to the Steelers, if the Bengals were lost, it had been for the North. And so if that's the case, the uh, Bengals are also still playing for their own, you know, position, uh, not just with the AFC North, but also overall in the actual AFC. So they're a game back of uh, the Bills and would have been of the Chiefs also to potentially get, you know, a number one seed themselves. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, you got to expect all systems to go um, with, with uh, the Bengals here. So fire up Burrow, fire up his, his weapons and Chase Higgins, Boyd, even a Trenton Irwin if you want to have a dart there. Still not sold on Mixon. He hasn't looked great other than the, the one game uh, that he went for like 58 uh, against Carolina. Uh, then the run it back with the Ravens, either Dobbins, if you want a part of the running game, or Mark Andrews. He finally seen a, a little yeah. bit of life that last game as well, caught all nine of his targets for 100 yards. Again, the, the Ravens are, are kind of playing for what could potentially be the division. Uh, if not, you know, a better uh, wild card spot as they're kind of tied right now uh, with the Chargers, uh, which could mean, you know, avoiding uh, a Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals, and instead playing a, a Jaguars and Titans. Uh, so the Ravens have something to play for as well. So I would probably stack it on the Bengals side, bring it back with a one-off on the Ravens. Okay. Uh, I, ca- I can't believe that you like Irwin and not Osborne this week. I'm just saying. I just can't, I can't believe that you like that better. Um, I, I'm going to have to throw Isaiah Likely out there as well. He had five targets last game, caught a touchdown. Without the touchdown, it would have been a lot less. He only four or five fantasy points last week. But he just looked like he was one of those options. And I – I, last year, I got to a conclusion that if Lamar Jackson didn't play quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens again, they'd be just fine because they had Huntley. After watching Huntley play, <laughs> I said, oh, I was such a goober, you know, for that for that uh, kind of take. Because really, Huntley looks one way, and if he doesn't see the one guy open, he runs. You know, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. But there's not any good rushing totals with that. Maybe that was the Pittsburgh defense. But I don't think that the Cincinnati defense is that big of a downgrade of the Pittsburgh defense, if it's a downgrade at all. So I, I don't like the Huntley thing. And like I said, likely it just might be one of those uh, dart throws as well. If you want to take a, if you need a li- to save a lot of money, I guess at 2,800, he is. And that's the thing. You, you want him to obviously catch a touchdown. Usually you play him without Andrews, but if Andrews actually on the field, you need likely to, to get in the end zone to, to even pay off that, that cheaper salary. And you're absolutely right on Huntley. Like that's maybe the best thing that happened to Lamar Jackson was, he missed some games and the Ravens see how badly he's needed um, because he, he was in, you know, negotiations and it stopped throughout the season. And guess what? Those negotiations have started back up. <laughs> Realize how bad they are without Lamar Jackson. And he's going to be looking for, a, you know, a Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray type of deal, um, even more so after being injured to, to kind of secure his own, you know, financial stability. Sure is, and I now am going to the Houston Indianapolis game here, which <laughs> I know you're you're Throw excited it in the about. Trash. I, Throw I know it in you're the excited trash. about because this the Indianapolis Colts would be one of those teams I think in the bottom four playoff playoffs uh, competition that I'd be in. Uh, this one is a 38 point total, though, Pierre. Are you excited for the 38 points? 
It's going to be ugly. No, I'm not excited for any part of this game. <laughs> okay, so we're, we could just move on to the next one. We don't even have to talk. So, Texas defense. You can play okay. the Texas defense because we're, we're awful as a, a Colts fan. <laughs> uh, but the Texans are also bad against the And they want the to lose. And they so, lose. they do because if they win and the Bears lose, then the Bears get the number one overall pick. So, both teams, I think, want to lose this game. Because uh, there's a chance that the, the Colts can fall out of the top five to six if they win. Uh, there's also a chance they can jump up to four if uh, Arizona or the Broncos happen to get a win. So interesting wow. development here. Uh, but, yeah, Texas, Texas defense, uh, I feel, is going to be in play. I think Zach Moss uh, from the Colts uh, will be in play a little bit as well at 5,200 against uh, the Texans' run defense. That's clearly the worst in the NFL. Okay, so Jeff Saturday wants to go out with a win, right? I mean, that's that's what he wants to do, and I think the players may want to do that for him, possibly. I don't know, but the Houston Texans have done everything they possibly could to lose his first pick, so I don't want to say that they're even going to quit uh, this week either, so I I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, Buffalo. I don't know. If, that's true. That's true. New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. Speaking about ugly, ee, this quarterback situation is going to be a little bit scary Scary because I think it's going to be Skylar Thompson, which is going to take mm-hmm. a Jalen Waddle off the board anyway. I don't mind Tyreek Hill, though, this week if, if Skylar Thompson is back there. I don't know if I can play either one. So okay. we, we saw Thompson earlier in this same matchup, actually, uh, in New York against the Jets on the road, and he went 19 for 33. 166 yards and interception. Uh, that's nothing to, to really run home to. Uh, the Jets do have a, a solid defense, and where their their strength really lies is in their secondary. So it's going to be tough, uh, one, with Skylar Thompson, but also just in general uh, going up against the, the Jets secondary. They still got playoff implications for the, the Dolphins. They, they want to win this game. We'll probably be hard without to. Uh, they're, they're just on the outside looking in. Same 8-8 eight eight record with the Patriots. Uh, right now, the, the Patriots on the tiebreaker, so they have the last wild card spot. Um, but the Steelers are right there um, at 8-8 eight and eight as well. Uh, Jets not officially eliminated, I don't believe, either at 7-9. and nine, They would obviously need the, the three in front of them to lose. Uh, so they still have something to, to play for here a bit also. So I just I don't think I can do the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. Uh, they signed Mike Glennon. Uh, from yeah, the, I saw that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help either. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I think I just lane some Jets. I don't mind uh, going back to the well with Garrett Wilson uh, against his Miami secondary. Even though he didn't do great, you know, with Mike White returning last week, he still saw 11 targets, uh, only caught three at Seattle. I feel like they'll have a bounce back spot for him uh, at 5,800. So don't mind Garrett Wilson. Don't mind, you know, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore taking a chance with them as well, 35 and 3,400. So I think I lean the Jets, even their defense at 2,600 is a really good price uh, for this game here. I like Raheem Mostart, too, especially if Skylar Thompson is the quarterback and not Mike Glennon. If Mike Glennon's in there, just forget everything I say, mm-hmm. which you typically do anyway. But uh, <laughs> Raheem Mostert, he had eight targets last game. And I think when Skylar Thompson came in the game, he either had five or six targets from him after that point. You know, So he just yeah. got a lot of targets, had 23 DraftKings points against those New England Patriots last week. And, and so the Jets may be vulnerable through that as well. Yeah, that's that's not a bad way of looking at it. You still got to worry about Jeff Wilson, but yeah, if that that target share continues, I think Jeff Wilson himself even got like seven targets last week. So if it's going to be dump off city. Maybe it's one of the running backs that you take for cheaper uh, than a, a Tyreek or a Waddle. 
Poor old Carolina. Carolina and New Orleans yeah. Pierre, they were so close, man. 41.5 point total is this one. I'm not sure what either team has to play for other than pride at this point and the head coaching position as far as Carolina goes. I, from what you said last week, if that's true in New Orleans, then maybe they are kind of giving up on the season. I know Andy Dalton, this may be his last game as a starter possibly, but I can see him landing on his feet somewhere next year, maybe in Indianapolis or somewhere. Uh, but the Carolina... Really? <laughs> really? But the Carolina Panthers are playing hard right now, and I really don't mind leaning a lot of ways to Carolina. It's just that I, I would love to go Sam Darnold and DJ Moore because they really seem to have a good connection. But, mm. man, it's still that same secondary at, at home and all that stuff. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, they just got eliminated last week um, in the Tampa game, uh, they being the Panthers, which was frustrating for me because I actually earlier in the year stacked Brady with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, expecting what they did. <laughs> Last Sunday that happened, the first matchup did not happen. So other other folks got to to reap the benefits as they went back to the well. But with that being said, they are eliminated now, so it's tough. Uh, with really neither one of these teams having much to play for, except for that tape next year. And as you mentioned, both Sam Darnold and Andy Dalton probably looking for that next team or next contract uh, for next year. So I mean, they they should be motivated for that if nothing else. Um, I don't mind Raheem Shahid. Uh, mm-hmm. for Rashid, Rashid Shahid yep. uh, for the Saints. Uh, he's kind of their deep threat, their burner, uh, in addition to Chris Olave, but he's only 4,200. Uh, he gets some rushing work as well. And again, being that deep threat, we just saw what Mike Evans did uh, over the top against the Panthers. So it's something that we could see perhaps he uh, can do this way uh, at 4,200 for the Saints. Probably not going to touch Kamara. Don't think I'll touch either one of these quarterbacks. Yeah, they're they're cheaper, but don't think they have the upside that you want. Uh, to kind of take down the, the slate or the value that you're going to need uh, even in cash games. Yeah, and maybe a Chuba Hubbard, he he might still get a little bit of run there, but they they might go to that. Who's that? Who's, who's, who's Black last guy? Yeah, Blackshear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only at 4K. So I don't know. You got to pay attention to the news coming out of everywhere. It feels like at this point. Uh, yeah. Cleveland at Pittsburgh, Pierre. This game total, we're seeing any, many, mo. This one is 40 and a half points is what this one is. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is still alive. They're still playing for something. Cleveland, of course, this is a big interdivisional rivalry. But, man, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper are clicking. So are, um, uh, so is Deshaun Watson and Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's clicking. And you know that they want to continue to click yeah. as they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a practice game. This is something that they're – I think that we could pick on this game and get fantasy production out of them. I agree. Yeah, they're still going to be fighting for – for next year, you know, building chemistry, Watson missed the majority of, of this season. Uh, so he's still just working his way on the offense, uh, getting used to, you know, Amari Cooper down with Peoples Jones. Then the Steelers are playing for, you know, the playoffs. Just as we stated, they're, they're right there tied with the Dolphins, with the Patriots. So they're hoping to, to get a win and kind of sneak in. Uh, if so, it will continue the streak of Mike Tomlin not having an under 500 record as an NFL coach, which is quite impressive. Didn't look that great a couple weeks ago, but once again, they, they kind of go on a streak just like they did last year uh, when they snuck in and backdoored in the playoffs with, with Roethlisberger. Uh, so, yeah, I don't mind uh, some plays in this game. I, I like the Steelers running game, so I think that's Najee Harris. He ran the best to me that he's ran all year uh, in that Ravens game. He's 6,100, but the Browns have been one of the worst defenses. against the run game, Kenny Pickett has to be getting some confidence. He's starting to, you know, what, two back-to-back, four-quarter drives uh, to get his team the victory. 
So you could technically play him as well with a Deontay Johnson or a George Pickens, uh, even a Fryer move in this game. I uh, don't mind both defenses. You got T.J. Watt with the Steelers, uh, 3,200, still trying to knock off uh, some of that Deshaun Watson rust. Uh, then on the other side with the Browns, you know, again, they're going to be fighting for something. Pickett can still make a couple rookie mistakes. Uh, they're only 2,800. So, yeah, there's some there's some interesting fantasy pieces in this game for sure. Can I tell you what scares me about this game, though, and playing it from a fantasy idea, uh, from a DraftKings perspective? What, second time they're playing, Joe? Well, that that goes along with it. Uh, so I should say yes and just pretend I'm a genius, but I didn't <laughs> think about that. But yes, that is one thing where you tend to see a lower point total because of that. But at the same time, I don't know that we saw a Deshaun Watson during that time. So it's a completely mm-hmm. different game environment. But here, listen, you, you talked about Mike Tomlin's winning record. Yes. At Indianapolis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, that game total was 24 to 17. So that's a, what, 51-point total? Is that right? 11, uh, 41. 41-point 41 total. 19 to 16 at Atlanta. So that's a 35-point total. 14 to 16 against Baltimore. So that's a 31-point total. 13 to 10 against Vegas and a 16 to 13 against Baltimore. Hardly any of these games go over 40 points, let alone 30 points, Pierre. So this is going to really put a cap, a ceiling on our DraftKings production that we're going to get out of this game. And obviously, I mean, I was watching it. Monday night or was it Sunday night? I don't know what night I was watching. Sunday night, <laughs> and and it was so slow. The game was so slow. Yes, the clock was true. So I don't know if I want to pick on it for that reason. And 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 by the way, this Mike Tomlin winning record, okay, uh-huh. uh, having that many games, having that many victories for that long period of time, he, he that's it. You should not have that record anymore. It should be a different record now <laughs> because there's more games. To play and so if he's going to finish under 500, maybe they lose this game. And he finishes under 500. It's rigged. I'm not saying well rigged, but you know it's it's set up for his failure because now he has to win an extra game this year. You know what I mean? Like it, it just doesn't make sense, and it just drives me crazy whenever we start talking about all time records, all time records. And yes, I'm a Walter Payton fan. Yes, I grew up with Walter Payton. Yes, Walter Payton could jump over the moon whenever I was a kid. Right in my <laughs> eyes is what he could do. And now the players, the the running backs, get extra reps get extra games than Walter Payton had. Not only that, they get extra bye weeks that Walter Payton never had. They don't have to play in the preseason like Walter Payton didn't have. There's so many inconsistencies whenever you talk about long-term records like that, either Mike Tomlin's or an all-time passing record or a receiving record or a rushing record, Pierre. I had to get that off yeah. my chest. I was thinking about it while I was doing this. <laughs> I was clinking. So I agree with the extra game, but my question to you would be, do you consider 500 a winning record? Uh, it's not a losing record. I'll tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's even. So yeah. if that's the case, like he would still be there because they're eight and eight right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I give him the record, but I just hate that he might have to lose a game this week. I agree. And, and the record gets thrown out. Hey, you don't got to tell me the Colts missed the playoffs because of an extra game last year. And we had to play week 18. We're in the playoffs. So I understand it's, it's, it's unique and records are going to be broken. Like, I was surprised that Fields didn't play because he was up for, you know, Lamar Jackson's record. I think Justin Jefferson before his goose egg was, you know, pushing Calvin Johnson and his record. So, I mean, that extra game definitely gives uh, a leg up, you know, to to some of these younger guys trying to really surpass age-long type of records. New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, 43-point total in this one. Can I tell you my favorite play out of this, guys? Huh? You want to sure. know? Definitely. You want to know? Uh, how about Boston Scott? 
Okay, <laughs> Trey, Trey Sermon. How about that? That's what this game's meaningless for both teams. I know what you said about Philadelphia, but they don't want to get injured going in there. They want a good and healthy Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and if they have their whole squad, they are still Super Bowl contenders and favorites to come out of the NFC, in my opinion. I agree, um, but folks like to play at home. Like teams want to play at home, and again, given that they lost last week. They could they could fall a couple spots here in the NFC. So that's the the tough part about it. You got the 49ers 12 and 4. You got the Vikings 12 and 4. You got the Cowboys 12 and 4. If all three of those teams win, which they could, the Vikings are at Chicago without Fields. Uh, the 49ers have Arizona with David Blau. And then the the Cowboys, you know, they're coming in late with, you know, Sam Howell, the rookie starting for the Commanders. So if all three of those teams win and you look at the, the Eagles, if they lose, all of a sudden they could be looking at the the fourth seed. I think the Cowboys may even have the tiebreaker. So they could drop all the way down to the wild card and be on the road if they lose this game. So that's there's just a lot riding on that. And that's why I think, you know, they, they probably try to roll out their starters. And that's why a lot of these games, you know, San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, they're all at 425 because they don't want these teams to know kind of what's in front of them. Wow. You just gave me so much to think about. And I don't I do not do well with choices. We already established that when I talked about the baseball playoffs and why I like that one a lot better. And now i got so many moving parts. I may just play a, a, a Plax Gummer and just call it a day there for the New York Giant running back situation is what I may do. Well, the Giants don't have anything. Like, they're, they're kind of locked in after clinching last week. So – all four of these teams are, are playing teams that don't have much to play for at all, um, except for pride. So it'll be interesting, again, how it plays out. Uh, if the Eagles do roll out their starters, I think you got to play them. Uh, they have a 28.5-point total. I think the biggest on the main slate. This is the highest over-under uh, in addition to the, the Minnesota and Bears game. So if they roll out, you know, a Hurts and, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, at Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders – they're all in play uh, in this game because they'll be playing to win uh, to try to keep that number one overall seed and have home field up until the Super Bowl. All right, Pierre, Dallas at Washington confused me a little bit more, if you don't mind, sir, because this point total is at 41 right now, and you already talked about a rookie quarterback starting who's never seen any kind of action before, and now he's going against the Dallas Cowboy defense. That's not fair, but I'm going to tell you something I've learned this year, I believe, is that you throw in uh, – out- outside of your Colts quarterback situation, but you throw in that new quarterback like the Sam Howell and there's no film on him or no, no nothing on him. And he just goes out there and starts slinging it around. I don't know if that's the case for Washington. It almost seems like Ron Rivera has kind of checked out of this year. He didn't even know that they were uh, taken out of the playoffs last week. I know it. That looked awful. That looked bad. You're right. Like all quarterbacks with no tape have looked good other than Indianapolis. Purdy, even Stedham last week. So, Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Howell, he was a, a solid, you know, quarterback out of North Carolina. So they're going to give him a shot. And I don't know if you saw, but they were going to roll with Heineke. And all of a sudden they switched it up. And reports right. are that Heineke, you know, went to the, the coaches himself and said, hey, we need to give this guy a full game and see what he got. So if so, you know, bravo to, to Taylor Heineke for, for being willing to take up his own starting spot and give the rook a chance. Maybe he just didn't want to see, you know, like the Parsons and the Cowboys defense <laughs> here, but. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are still playing for something. Uh, it's going to be tough uh, at Washington. 
But I mean, you gotta you gotta think they'll be able to win this game. Uh, Heineken's really been the only one that could, could push the Commanders. It seems uh, even when he was winning, it was ugly. Um, how? I mean, he's gonna be cheap. I think he's down to forty nine hundred. So he's gonna have weapons in McLaurin and Dotson and you know Curtis Samuel that he can throw to. So maybe you know if you feel like the, the Cowboys have a letdown, uh, you can go a little cheap there. If not, I mean the Cowboys are in play. I think Zeke scored a touchdown eight straight games. Uh, he's 6,300, so he's up there in price. You need him to fall into the end zone, um, especially with Tony Pollard back. Uh, you can play Dak. You can play the Cowboys defense. And I'm going to circle back one bit because you, you caught out Boston Scott, I think, the last game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think he scored like seven straight times against the Giants. Uh, so for 4,200, I mean, get caught on Boston Scott. You say I don't listen to you. I heard you there, and I agree. So. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Pierre. I, I appreciate you circling back around to that, too, and giving a little bit of validity to it. I don't know that I see any sleepers here. It feels like Washington's going to have to throw the ball a lot, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe a Diami Brown. Is that how you say it? Or yeah. he, I don't even know if Cam Sims is still on the roster anymore, but I, I don't see why you would put a Jahan Dotson out there, a McLaurin out there, if they don't have anything to play for. And and I could just keep scrolling down here to find those cheaper options at 3K and find a dart throw. But, you know, Diami Brown was one of those guys that had a little bit of run in there whenever everybody else was hurt. Yeah, uh, he can he can catch the, the deep ball as well, which is kind of where he excelled quite a bit. I do think Dotson could play. Because he, you know, he's a rookie, so they, they want to get him reps. He's missed some time this year. Um, I also believe De'Ami Brown went to North Carolina, so he may have been oh, there with yeah. Howell. So they, they could have that connection. So for that. 3K, I knew that. it's definitely worth thinking. <laughs> I, I knew that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, we got to put him out here just because he's a DFS dreamer darling each <laughs> every right. time he plays. But he did have a little bit of a run last week. 50 yards, I think, was somewhere in that neighborhood. And it seemed like, uh, especially with them releasing James Washington, that T.Y. Hilton is going to be that third guy there, I guess, or maybe fourth guy, third guy. Yeah, it looks like it. It's going to be a toss-up between him and, and Noah Brown. But they, they use him a lot on third down. Uh, he made plays on third down. So, as he continues to to get reps and get used to that offense, you got to expect he's going to be T.Y. Hilton. And he may not have a big boom game, but he's going to be serviceable and get you some points. So for 3,400, you could do a lot worse. I know we're not mentioning defenses here a lot. Now, I'm not even going to mention the Dallas Cowboys defense. I don't think it would be a bad play if you can go up to them. But at the same time, with so many people getting plugged in at all these different positions, especially the quarterback position, I am positive that you can scroll down there and find a really cheap option to save salary there and try to put it in a place where you know the players are going to play. That would be my words of advice to you. Yep. So find a 2K option uh, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood and don't go all the way up because you'll just be able to maybe find that 15 or 20-point DraftKings explosion that you need that a defense it really can't get you each and every week. I agree. Good week to punt um, just because you say the matchups, you don't know who's playing for what. And there's a lot of variance in defenses anyway. So uh, if you if you if you need to feel free to go down to the the bottom of the, the basement there where you like to be anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I feel like it's going to be a two tight end week for me too in a flex spot where I'm trying to match up a a a tight end mm-hmm. with a young quarterback. Does that make sense? Because usually that's where they lean a little bit yeah. more, and so I, I, I just could see that happening where, especially a backup quarterback, leans on that tight end just a little bit more. And even if it's a bench tight end, that's fine with me because they just got that connection. Yeah, and that could be even this game. You got Sam Howe, maybe it's still a, mm-hmm. a John Bates or, you know, Cole Turner if Logan Thomas is out. So, again, we saw it with Brock Purdy and Kittle. 
Uh, we saw last week first touchdown from Stidham went to Darren Waller. So there's there's definitely, you know, that type of connection there with uh, younger younger quarterbacks leaning on their tight ends. Even Ellinger, like he's back in play for the Coats. I don't think I'm playing any Coats. But, you know, maybe a Jelani Woods, it could be a, a week that he's sneaky uh, there in Indy. Oh, yes. What, boy, look at this matchup here. Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Pierre, yeah. earlier in the year, this looked like it was going to be something special. And now it's a 39 and a half point total in Denver. Uh, it looks like the weather's going to be just fine. And I, 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 we, as we look at this on a Wednesday evening, there's still a lot of news to break here. So who knows actually who's going to be playing for dinner? I can't see how they would want to go out. With, with Russell Wilson at court, I don't, I don't know. I, just give Rippin a chance, or so I don't know what to do in this game, Pierre. Well, it's kind of a similar thing where you, you kind of want to end the the season strong. Like you want to, you want to have you know Russ build some momentum. They they got rid of their their coach. They'll be looking for a new coach. Who's that going to be? We don't know, but he still wants to be better. He wants to improve. He wants to build chemistry with. With Judy, with Sutton, and, and these types. So last home game as well. So he'd like to potentially lead the Broncos, uh, Broncos country with a, a better ride than he's given them so far this year, I imagine. So I expect them to go out there and, and play the the Chargers. Uh, they're still in the, the the playoff hunt. They're they're right there in the wild card. I don't know if they can really lose a a, a spot, or I guess they could. They they're they're in that similar situation. That I talked about with the Ravens, where they could fall from the five seat to the six seat, um, and then have to play a Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs instead of the Jaguars or, or the Titans. So I expect them to, to probably play this game out and try to stay there at five. Uh, that way, they can avoid uh, those those big three in the AFC. Okay, so since we can't Madden simulate this game, let's stack up Chargers <laughs> because it means something for them. And I do think the Denver Broncos have checked out of this season. Arizona at San Francisco, Pierre. You can revisit the other game if you want to circle back to it. That's fine with me. But Arizona and San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers have something to play for. I think that if, if they win, do they get the number one pick or, or, or spot in the playoffs? If they win and if uh, Philly loses. Okay. All right. All right. So Philly's in control of their destination. Correct. Okay. Destiny. All right. So San Francisco still may not have anything to play for in this game. Then if Philly wins and the, Oh, they're both at three twenty-five. Okay. So they both don't know. They won't know who gets the number one pick. So they'll both be playing their little hearts out and yep. San Francisco. Then I think <laughs> against Arizona, that, 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 that it should know. be a cakewalk, but I mean, again, that's why they have 49ers, Eagles and Cowboys all at 325 Central, 425 Eastern. It's just because, like, they're still fighting for that top overall seed. Um, they're favored by 14, so you guys expect that to be the case. But Brock Purdy, 5,700, still a, a solid price. He doesn't really get you that that ceiling. But, I mean, 15 to, to 20 is probably going to be the range he's in, which is perfectly fine. If you're okay with that, you tend to want, you know, 25-plus uh, from your quarterback there if you can get it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's going to be in play, uh, 9,300. We just saw it last week in a game against the Raiders, had another boom type of week. Wasn't sure he'd get the touches after what they did against Washington, but you know, the Raiders kept it close. Uh, so they kept McCaffrey in the game. If that's the same case here and they feel like they're still in the hunt for that number one overall seed, uh, you got to expect they're going to keep McCaffrey in the game. If you want to pay up to that 9,300. Uh, we mentioned Kittle uh, kind of being a safety blanket. He's still all right there at, at 6K. He's jumped up quite a bit, 1,400 in the last couple weeks. Um, then Brandon Ayuk's kind of the, the number one receiver without Debo Samuel right now. 
Uh, Debo's questionable, so kind of watch that news. Uh, but you could go with Ayuk as well. I think all of them are a little priced up from a DFS standpoint. But if you want to be unique, I'm guessing that would be a different a different way to be unique from the 49ers standpoint. Um, on the Cardinals side, I think I'll yeah. go back to the Greg Dortchwell. Um, he's up to 3,800, but he still saw 10 targets uh, last week. Didn't really come through, only catching four of them for 15 yards. Uh, but if he sees 10 targets again, I think a lot of people will be off of him because of getting burned. Uh, against the Falcons last week, I don't mind Greg Dortch. Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins already ruled out, so Marquise Brown could be in play as well. And then if they want to continue to lean on James Conner, uh, he's questionable, but you could play him uh, also as kind of a bring back uh, from the San Francisco set. You got to play a Trey McBride, too. I almost think that they're calling plays in order to get him involved to give that rookie a little bit more experience to see if they got what they got so they don't have to sign a Zach Ertz again or something like that. And he's seen a lot of targets over the last couple of weeks anyway. Uh, 10 targets last week, four only against Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay's got that tough defense against tight ends. But 10 targets against Atlanta, that, that really made an impression on me, Pierre. And, yeah, it does look like a George Kittle smash spot week to me as well as the 49ers try to get in to the playoffs or in that number one season. Seat and also just keep on rolling with Joe Kittle, George Kittle. That that looks really good. You know what I'm going to suggest to any of those guys playing the 325 game that has something uh, that matters in this. Do like do like the Titans did about two weeks ago, where there was the blackout and they started an hour later than everybody else. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Just yeah. have somebody yeah. cut the power switch. They did it in the Super Bowl. Why not do it now? Because of the, just accidentally. the the winter storm. We were part of that too here in Indiana. Like we had to preserve power. We didn't necessarily do it ourselves but we got an email from the the power provider asking you to, to cut back so i'm guessing that's what took place there uh in tennessee you're telling all the residents hey stop using power but yet your your stadiums <laughs> turn on every light yeah. ability so well, you know, that's what those Nest things are for in your house, right? Then the government has control over it through Wi-Fi. You didn't, did you know that, Pierre? Huh? You didn't know that, did you? Uh, okay, just put Urkel in charge of the lights there at San Francisco then. And <laughs> Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, go ahead and confuse me some more, Pierre. What, what does this game have in store for us? Uh, only one that's uh, playing is for anything is Seattle. Um, okay. And how this plays out is so... If Seattle wins, hold on, hold on. Let me get an aspirin, would you please? <laughs> so this is this is kind of playing into the the Sunday night game. And it's actually why I'm okay. shocked that they moved the the Packers and Lions to Sunday night because if Seattle wins, the Lions are eliminated. If Seattle loses, then the the Lions and Packers becomes you know play play for a playoff spot. Winner go home. So it, hold on, hold on, hold on. If Seattle loses, then the Sunday night game matters. Is that what you're saying? For both teams. Okay. Well, then well, let's put all our money on the Rams, Pierre. Can we do that? <laughs> I mean, we we've we've if there's anything we have learned this year is that we need to put all our money on the Rams because Seattle cannot win this game then from an NFL standard, right? I mean, technically, you would expect if they want the biggest boom for their buck for Sunday night. They need the Seahawks to lose. That way, it's winner go home for this final so much, Sunday night game. So I need how many? How much guts do I need to be able to put a Ram stack together in this one? I mean, Seattle <laughs> it might happen. Seattle wouldn't trade for Baker Mayfield either. So you also have that little narrative with, with Baker coming to a team that basically was saying he wasn't good enough. Um, but but if if Seattle wins. Uh, the Packers still control their own destiny. Um, so that game still has something with the Packers. 
Because if the Packers win Sunday night, it doesn't matter what happens with Seattle. They won't know that, obviously, because they're playing before uh, that, that game kicks off. But if Packers win, regardless, they're they're going to the playoffs. If Seattle wins, then the, the Packers and, and Lions um, game doesn't matter as much because it only matters to the Packers if Seattle wins. Now, isn't that like one of these traditional things, too, where the Rams always have Seattle's number? Isn't that something, too? Yeah. Shots okay, all right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do look forward to the Cam Akers Kenneth Walker matchup. And I think you could play both of those guys and you might even be able to, you know, run it back with those guys, do a little skinny stack with those two. Yeah. Look at you talk a skinny stack. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And I like Cam Akers quite a bit. Uh, he's looked really good the last couple of weeks. We know Seattle struggles on the ground. If there's a way for the Rams to win this, I think it will be through Cam Akers and agree with Kenneth Walker as well. Uh, saw 20 plus touches the last couple of weeks themselves. Seems like they're starting to to give Geno a little bit of the, the rust treatment when they're not letting mm-hmm. him throw just as much uh, coming down to the, the final stretch here. Uh, plus, you have, you know, uh, Lockett coming off the hand injury, still a little bit banged up. So the the, the, the route and repping tree uh, isn't the same. Disley's out as well, so you can go to Fant if you want to, or Kobe Parkinson, uh, who kind of fell into the end zone as well. If you want a, a cheap punt, uh, he got seven targets uh, last week for a touchdown. So. Yeah, some plays here. And again, just that late night hammer. There's going to be some folks with people at, you know, the 425, 325 game. So make sure you also have some folks uh, here late uh, to kind of pick you up the leaderboards to end this final week 18. And make sure it's a ram. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, if you want real information, the real NFL stats, real NFL, NFL product there, go over to Pierre at PWE31 over on Twitter. And don't forget at, at Norton0723, Rob Norton over there on Twitter as well. He's the daddy of the Baby Bowl, at which Pierre and I both are contestants in. And the Baby Bowl playoffs are coming up here real soon. It is a pinned tweet over there on his at Norton account. And he, we may not have a Baby Bowl podcast this week, but that's simply because Rob Norton had a little baby. So we're going to get It's up to him. Yeah, it's a real baby. Yeah, well, yeah, that thing, that, that guy's little face was big, man. He had a big old face, that little baby. It's big old. And, and uh, anyway, but you can also check out the FI today with a little underscore pin tweet as well if you want to figure out ways to be able to join the Baby Bowl playoffs. Really fun environment. $20. 10 of it goes into the prize pool. 10 of it goes into the uh, donations <laughs> in a charity. And don't forget to follow me as well at Loafinit. Now, Pierre, you got to build me one of these lineups. I don't know if you got a coin and you're going to flip it or what you're going to do to be able to figure out how to how to build a lineup right here. Uh, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not picking the quarterback. I can't. I can't tell you what quarterback <laughs> you're gonna pick. Maybe a Brock Purdy. You're gonna. You're gonna go cheap. I know you're gonna go cheap this week. I'm not going cheap. Uh, I'm torn between two. Uh, either Burrow or Hurts. Yep, Burrow or Hurts are who I'm torn between. Uh, if Hurts plays, I think I'm gonna go Philly because I haven't stacked the Eagles all year. Uh, and I, I do think they want that number one overall seed to, to come through the, the rowdy Philadelphia. So I'll go with Hurts at 8,200. Uh, give me A.J. Brown, uh, 8K to pair with him. Uh, instead of Devontae Smith, uh, I think I'll go with Goddard at 4,900, who Hurts lean towards a bit more. If it's Minshew, then uh, I think Brown and, and Devontae Smith makes more sense. But what Hurts, I'll go Goddard. Won't go bring back because the, the Giants aren't really playing for anything. Uh, give me Cam Akers, um, 6,200, like his price, like the matchup, like the narrative uh, that the NFL is going to want something uh, from a fireworks standpoint for the Sunday night game. Uh, also go Tyler Algier at uh, running back. Uh, mentioned that I don't mind the, the Falcons here against the Bucks, who should be resting their starters. 
uh, gives him a chance to, to really take over the backfield here. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. I think he'll have a bounce back spot, 5,800 uh, going up uh, at Miami against the banged up Dolphins team. We'll go Rashid Shahid uh, for the Saints. Uh, 4,200 gives me a little bit of, of value, hoping he can have a, a Mike Evans type game. He won't have a Mike Evans game for 50 plus fantasy points, but might be able to get behind the defense there at home. The last Saints game. Give me back to the Greg Dorchwell at 3,800. Uh, I think he'll continue to get those double digit targets there against the 49ers in the game. They should be trailing. Uh, now I'm going to go with the Colts defense at 3,100 because we're going to blow our, our spot. Uh, we're going to find a way to, to win this game somehow and just lose a, a spot in the draft pick and make it a lot more harder to get our quarterback in the future. So we're, I'll take the Colts at 3,100. So that's Jalen Hurts, Cam Akers, Tyler Algier, A.J. Brown, Rashid Shaheed, Garrett Wilson, Dallas Goddard, Greg Dorch, Colts defense. Good lineup here. I also want, I want to say this. I appreciate everybody bearing with us. A little bit different of a show and all, and uh, having to go around different subjects here that we don't necessarily always talk about on DFS Dreamers, but you guys know where our hearts are. We want the best thing for everybody, and so that's where our hearts are. But also, Pierre, as I thought of it, you be building this lineup. I was sitting there thinking, well, nobody else is going to have that lineup. And then I was thinking about how sometimes in bigger uh, tournaments you may want to get a little more contrarian. I think there'll be plenty of contrarian this week. So maybe the contrarian move is to not be contrarian and to actually go hard after some of those guys that are higher priced. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is that me out thinking the room again? I mean, potentially you'll have to see how uh, the roster ship kind of plays out again. It's early in the week, uh, but you want the boom uh, and kind of similar to like last week, it was the bucks. No one was on Brady. No one was on Evans. They were all less than, you know, 10%. Rostered, I think some of them were like 5% or less. Uh, DJ Moore, bring back, et cetera. So that's what you just kind of want to play out. If, if no one's on the Eagles, which for some reason people just don't play the Eagles, I don't know if it's because of the price. Uh, I, I like the Eagles. I like the Bengals as well, uh, especially coming off the, the shortened game, the, the tragedy there in front of their fans. Potentially for the AFC North, uh, you got a Mark Andrews, a likely a easy bring back for, for that side in the divisional round as well. So there's just ways to get unique, uh, to get different. But just, you know, listen to other pods. Yeah, I hope you listen to us. But listen to others, get an idea of who people are touting, who people are playing, and then find ways where you can stack and, and get different. Yes, I agree, Pierre. Great job by you. Thank you again, buddy. I look forward to the playing against you in the Baby Bowl playoffs and also in the DFS Dreamer contest this next week, which will be under the pinned tweet somewhere. I don't I don't know which pin tweet it is. Guys, so many pin tweets nowadays, Pierre. But we will have that thing of pin tweet there and we will also put the DFS Dreamer podcast contest underneath that one, which we put on each and every week. But Pierre, appreciate you, friend. Hey, thank you. Been a great season. Uh appreciate you every week. You know, hopping in this streamer train with us. And thanks to all the listeners as well for, for tuning in, hopping in the contest, interacting with us. It's been a blast and just really appreciate all the support. Definitely. Life is short, life is sweet. That's why we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs> <laughs>